Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Hi, welcome to the Future Development Podcast. My name is Anthony Montategi, and today I'm joined by the amazing Mark Kutzner. Mark is a internationally sought-after technology trainer. He's an inventor. His uh, items include AI, machine learning, cybersecurity, big data, and blockchain, just to name a few. He is one of the smartest guys you will ever meet. He's the trainer of trainers. Mark has been training AI for uh, the last five to 10 years, and now he's working on things such as a new startup companies got it's called Scala, which is scalable AI, uh, producing technologies in the natural language processing, NLP, uh, you hear so much about. First, they're covering the, the legal vertical, and eventually they will take over the enterprise vertical. His language processing skills are second to no one in this country. It's amazing the work that he's doing. Mark is working on a book, uh, AI NLP, which describes uh, commercial AI offerings and ch- shows people how to implement their own ideas and useful uh, new cases. Mark, so glad to have you on the show. Welcome. Mark, I'm, I'm really glad to have you on the show, really excited about having you on the show. And as always, you know, you have a, a really great background and your knowledge base is, is unbelievable. But I thought, take, let's just take a second before we get started and really introduce you to the audience, uh, a little bit about your background and, and, and kind of stuff that you're working on. I'll be very happy. And by the way, I must express my admiration to you because you told me a lot of things that are going on in your area that are related to AI as well. So I'm looking forward to a very interesting conversation. Now, I was kind of born with a computer. Uh, My grandfather had one of those first uh, calculating machines. And I used to do two things when I would come to him. I would make his cigarettes because there was a tobacco stuffing machine and I would calculate. I especially loved when you have all nines and you add one and everything becomes all zeros. It was fascinating. So that kind of continued in high school. I was already doing programming. And uh, keep in mind, I was in Russia. So Russia gave me the chance to start really very early. Uh, In America, it would be already IBM mainframes. But in Russia, that was the very first Russian computer, which we as a mathematical school owned. You would walk into that computer, like in the old days. And that was a lot of fun. You used the... The, not even the punch cards back then. So when I saw more and more computers, I was quite excited when the clouds came even more so. And when machine learning came, that was back to what I really loved because that was mathematics. I was growing up uh, thinking that everybody should do mathematics, even if they are, let's say, garbage sweepers. But at night, they should come and learn mathematics. So now that that dream realized, I'm not exactly a garbage sweeper, but I do learn mathematics. <laughs> yeah, right. Ma- math is the central part. Everything is a mathematical uh, calculation of some, of some kind. And, you know, my, my, my father was a big mathematics uh, guy and mathematics was something I could understand, right? One plus two equals three, right? Where English never quite made sense to me. Uh, grammar, uh, you know, the, the rules of grammar were always different. 
you know, it's I before E except after C when you're carrying a chicken and you have three legs and, you know, but this word has it this I hated that. I hated that there were these variances where math didn't have that. They had definitive rules that worked uh, precisely. And for my brain, I could comprehend that a lot clearer than I could with the, uh, the English uh, variance uh, based on cultural changes and you know, all, all the different components of the English, English language. So it, it just, it was, math was definitely a much more, it made my mind much more peaceful. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, math or music, are they together? Many musicians are really also mathematicians on the other way around. Even though I can tell you a very funny story about mathematicians, and that's why I was growing up with uh, geeks, nerds, and mathematicians. There was this Hungarian mathematician, his name was Erdos. He would work nonstop. He would travel, make that mathematician exhausted, go to the next place, make another one exhausted, and nonstop. He had a very personal relationship with God, whom he called Supreme Fascists, abbreviated as SF. And uh, he said, where did Supreme Fascists hide my looking glasses? I cannot find them. Where are they? That was his kind of life. So mathematicians are not all those roses. You know, there are very colorful figures there and can be good or bad. That's what made the, the atomic bomb, right? For sure. For sure. It, it's uh, all kinds of people. Take, it takes all kinds of people. So now we, we fast forward to where you are now. Let's talk about a little bit of some of the stuff that you're working on nowadays. I'll be happy to. So before we uh, do this, I'll make just one step to undermine a bit fascination with mathematics. If you ask a lawyer how much is two plus two, you know his answer, right? No. How much do you want it to be? <laughs> right? Right? That's exactly, exactly right. That's, right. Yeah. So we're coming to my fascination with lawyers and legal stuff. Not as humans. If you look at Shakespeare, there is not one good lawyer. No. They are all bad guys, especially Hamlet is looking at the skull and he says, you might have been a lawyer. Where are all your acquisitions and requisitions now? So maybe not good humans, maybe yes, but definitely a very interesting area for AI because they deal with the verbiage. They deal with words. And that's where I came to. Uh, if you look into what's making the latest and greatest news in the technology world, that's AI, artificial intelligence, NLP, natural language processing, meaning computer processes the language, and then today it is also security. But back to AI, that's where we are. So um, in my case, I wrote the first course. I also do the training. So I wrote the first course when it came up as a official need. That's about five years ago. And since then, that's what we mostly teach. And then I realized that how much how much will I be teaching without actually doing? So I started doing some of that. For example, I can run some software that will read a very complicated, obscure text and summarize it in one short phrase. That's quite magical. That's what Google technology does for you. And the best side of it is that you can uh, use it. You can implement it. You don't need to uh, copy paste. Uh, there, there is a way that you will run that software, a clean instruction. So if you're a software developer, well, you can do anything today. You can do quite magical things. 
you know, as, as you start to look at the Google language and the background of the AI platform, you start to really look at those components. I know you and I have talked a little bit about, uh, you know, where, you know, the fundamentals of AI and, and uh, really starting to set up the backbone uh, in today's uh, environment, really, you, you can see the progression of things like uh, the language that uh, AI studies, you know, the, the billions and billions of pages of, of, of language that is absorbing at this current time in, in setting up the AI platform. Talk a little bit about that. Well, it used to be that people would teach the computer every step that the computer had to do. There is a technical term for that that's called imperative programming. I'm commanding you, the computer, what you should do. But then they realized that when they want to become smarter and uh, not tell it every step, then maybe we should do this. We should say, you go, you read everything there is to read in the world. You come back with your knowledge. I expect you to kind of graduate from high school. I'll give you an example. One Google engineer explaining a similar thing. It says, when I explain to my five-year-old son what I'm doing, I'm saying, well, we go, we look at every page on the web. That is uh, what he can understand. And then I'm saying, look for a tag, look for a picture tag that will say the flower. That's hard, and he doesn't understand it. Today, he says, we understand pictures. So I tell him, my son, I'm telling the computer, go and look for the flowers and find me the flowers. How do you find the flowers? Well, you go through all of the other pictures. You find those that are flowers by the people labeling so, and then they know it's flowers. So what people do today is they use the existing knowledge, the existing knowledge mostly represented by the web to train the computers, and then the computers can do similar things. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and as, as we talked about, you know, in the past, the, uh, as you start to look at that computer language, right, there's a term for that. It's, it's BART, right? Or BERT, right? Yes. It, uh, it's a funny term for processing natural language, and it's like uh, the Sesame Street doll, BERT. Do we, do we know what uh, BERT stands for? Yes, we do know what BERT stands for. Honestly, I can never remember. That stands for bidirectional encoder representations from transformers. So B-E-R-T. And honestly, it's because the first such system was called Ernie, whatever those letters stand, stood for. So Google, of course, had to go with the trend. And there used to be a trend, let's call everything by the food names. So there was this blue martini software and then there were all kinds of foods, and there was Java Swing, and then there was Java, of course, as coffee. But then you started doing all kinds of uh, music associations. Now it's the dolls, it's the toys. So there was Ernie. They had to uh, come up with something. They came up with word. I'll tell you about every word because that's not clear at all. So first of all, bidirectional, B, that stands for the fact that when they read the text, they understand it back and forth. When I say back and forth, I'll give you an example. Let's say you say, the, my mother loves the queen because she understands women. Well, who is this she? Who understands women? Well, we understand that my mother loves the queen because the queen understands women. But that's because we know what was in the beginning of the sentence and what was in the end. 
So you'll get the best possible results if you teach your computer not just predict what will be because of what you already said, but also remember a few sentences back. You might not remember a year back, and it doesn't matter, but you have to remember somewhat back. That's for bidirectional. It's training itself to go both ways. Now, encoder is simply taking your words and converting them to numbers. Computers always have to work with numbers so every word will get a certain number actually it will get a bit more it will get vector i didn't want to introduce it right away because a vector is a few numbers together so usually each word is represented by a vector and the vector is about 500 different numbers well it is a bit complex you cannot hide that fact that it is somewhat but you can always explain it that's the beautiful thing so representations is because that's how what we do we represent those phrases by uh, vectors and finally transformers is a kind of neural network so for that i hope we all know what neural networks are if we do not then they imitate human brains that's a modern way to to learn from nature and then to apply this learning. Uh, but neural networks, people can look it up. If you don't know what a neural network is, you can always find out that that is the latest and greatest way of representing our knowledge as a set of neurons. Our heads, they have neurons. So we're talking about computer emulated neurons. They connect into networks, they process the information. It might be visual information, it must be text. But in the end, we get an encoding of uh, our knowledge. Let's say Bert. Bert goes, reads all of the Wikipedia, reads all of the books on the Google. It kind of understands English. I'll tell you a bit more. I'll tell you how it plays a game of trying to understand English. Let's say it reads Alice in Wonderland. Okay? And the rabbit and, and Alice is going down the rabbit hole. So take one word out, take the word down, take it out. So Alice going dot, 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 rabbit hole. Well, it will look at other books. It may not know exactly that the word it took out was down, but in other books going, by the way, rabbit hole will be after Lewis Carroll, it will be everywhere. So there will be enough examples to learn. And Bert will know, oh, that word is down. After it has done it for, let's say, a couple of days on the biggest Google machines, eight of them, that's what they really do, at about $50 an hour. So that's about $50,000. After they do this, Bert kind of graduates from high school and can talk English, more or less. That's what it is. That was you were asking about how exactly exactly how that technology is working. That's pretty much how it's working. Now the last step, I need to tell it what I wanted to do now. Maybe it will be taking the SAT tests. Then what I will do is I'll say, okay, you learned English. You're kind of grading, graduating high school. Now your task is to get into college. So uh, here is a set of 75,000 questions that uh, Stanford has prepared for you. Understand what the question means remember the answer, and next time somebody asks you the question, find this question and then do the answer. That I described to you uh, more or less a complete bird, the way it works now. So then what What, what then? What, what, what good is it? I don't need to put the computer into the 
college, right? <laughs> What's good is Google implements this into their search. They have put this broad into their search. You don't see it, but 10% of all our search results today are done with BERT, and the BERT now understands what you're saying rather than just reacts to the keywords. Nice. So th essentially, that's what helps helps us find what we're looking for. It understands the way that we write. What you know? What's the number one way to 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 uh, make a margarita? Or what's the uh, what's the way to get to uh, Texas? What's the you know? How do I paint my house? It understands the what uh, component or how component, and, and then it says, hey, he wants to go learn. So Bert essentially understands that I want to go learn something and goes and finds the videos that will relate to me learning how to paint my house. Yeah, and there's a great examples. Let's say you type in, what's the way to make a margarita? Well, Google has to understand you're talking about the cocktail and not a girl and not a flower. So how do you do this? Uh, Google analyzes all of the other texts and it finds similar texts. And now it uses every word that you said. Before, before BERT, it would just say, oh, to make probably is important way and Margarita, it might find Margarita way if there is such a thing. But now it finds exactly the meaning of what you're saying. So notice that Google is teaching us a new way. They say, forget all the tricks that you use to do the keywords. Don't do that anymore. Instead, ask your question in your plain language and we will give you the right answer. And I think more and more people are getting this. And more and more people know that if you simply ask a question, what's the way to get to Chicago? They, they, will, simply, um, they will simply do it for you. Plus, of course, they have the knowledge of you. So they know you have a sticker that allows you to go through the toll roads. They will know that and they will give you the route that will be okay to go through those uh, through those paid roads, no problem. Well, you know, you know what's funny is now nowadays when I'm typing on Google, before I'm even done typing the question, it's already predicting what my question is going to be. Exactly right. Yeah, it's happening faster and faster. If you're Where typing blind without looking at the keyboard. You use it the best. Otherwise, uh, your eyes are on the keyboard. That's where it really is a good thing to learn to type. Oh, it, it, it blows me away. Rarely am I typing a question that hasn't been searched before, and um, it, it usually brings right to it. I, I can really, oh, oh, it already knows it. I, I can just go enter, and boom, all of a sudden, I've got the answer. Yes, it knows you, and that may, I, I spoke to the Google people maybe five, ten years ago, and they said, well, we pretty much know about everybody, so that's no fun. They, they are going on. What is going on right now is this new birth model, that is about two years old. Uh, got it. So everything right now is based on a, on a three-year-old model. Now, that model is growing. Now, where, where do we think that's going to go in the future? As, as you start to predict the future about where AI is going, what are the next components it's going to be able to pick up? That's a great question. First of all, everybody's working on better precision. Right now, the official precision is in the 90%, 90.9% range. That means it's still making 10% mistakes. So you hear about Microsoft doing a much bigger model. Much bigger meaning uh, by now it's a few billions of neurons. Now our brain, it has a thousand billions. I think it has a trillion neurons, that's our brain. But I used to say that uh, it will be a long way before we come to those size of the models. It seems like we're getting there. 
So the latest news today is uh, there is a new competing model. It's called the uh, OpenAI model, and uh, uh, supposedly gets even somewhat better results. They test those models on 11 different language recognition tasks. So that's how they come up with this complete score. That's one thing. One thing is let's get a bigger computer or a bigger model. Another thing is, well, let's get better models. We're still not talking about abstract thinking. Computers cannot do this as yet. They're not as smart. So could we do some kind of general artificial intelligence? Somebody who just sits and reads from the book and finds out general notions. I'll give you one example. Let's say you want to create a very good system to do x-rays. So give it 10,000 x-rays and it will beat a human. Maybe not even 10,000, but maybe 100,000. But take a human. A human will beat that. Human, you show them a medical textbook. You will show these are four typical examples of the cancer. And the human understands. And the computer won't. Computer will need 400,000 of such examples. Then it works very well. So that's what they're trying to do now. Could we make computer thinking more general? Could it understand ideas? Not yet. And I, I think that as we see that, you know, you know, right now when I when I type, you know, how to make a margarita pizza, um, it starts to predict that. Now the question I start to look at is, as it gets more general, it, and right now computers are very focused uh, because of the way that they process. But what happens when it knows before I start typing, I'm going to ask the question, right? Yes. Ideally, they want you to start giving you the answer before you type. That's not there yet, but they're talking about this. Yeah, I mean, knowing that, you know, before I even walk over to the to the screen, it, it'll know me. My AI platform will know me right. better right. than I know myself, and will know that I'm looking to have a you know, where's it, what's what's the best restaurant in town for margarita pizza, and it'll put an alignment with the day that I'm having and the people that I'm meeting and the places that I'm going and uh, be able to align those aspects much, much faster. And we're starting to see those uh, characteristics and different platforms, right? But it feels like to me right now is that we're, we're working, very, uh, they're in silos right now. So there's one group that's looking at the predictive, where's the best pizzas out there. And they're, you know, you get things like Yelp and, and, and uh, open table and all the platforms that are studying and Google ratings and that are happening in that platform, right? At the same time, uh, you've got traffic pattern predictors and with my maps and my ways and, and those systems that are in place. Right. And then I've got things like my scheduler and my day timer and, and the things that I work on right now. If you look at the way my outlook works, I now put in meetings. I'm going to have a meeting with Mark. And where's my meeting going to be at? Well, it's going to be at the office. The, and, and, and my computer already knows that my, my office address and it can it can predict from my last meeting to this meeting what the distance is between the two locations and can also you know, attach it to the timing and the maps software that we have that says, hey, right now it's gonna take you 23 minutes to get from this meeting over to this meeting. And you can start to see how, as we bring those all together, right, in different platforms, things will get you know, much more uh, robust with the predictable, uh, you know, the predicting of, of the platforms and the monitoring and management of all of the information 
in a, in a one in the one system. Absolutely right. I, I think it's uh, showing that you're exactly with it as far as the current developments. But what I can add is I will tell you how exactly that's done. So let us say, as you mentioned, uh, I want a few experts from different areas. I want an expert on cooking, an expert on, by the way, what's in my mind is a roof of my house. So I want an expert on roofing. And uh, I want this AI engine to understand what I'm talking about. So right now they're all in silos. I should click on let's talk about food, let's talk about roofs. Uh, but what I expect from you personally is that you know what I'm talking about, whether it is roofs or cocktails. Maybe first roof, then we go entertain ourselves. So that's what Google is working on, and not only Google, everybody. And the way they do it is by creating a very large system that includes all areas of expertise. But then, in order to avoid confusion, most of them are asleep. Only that one, which is talking about, let us say, cocktails, only that one is acting right now. However, it will wake up. The next one will wake up when the signal comes that we're uh, veering into another area. The other part will wake up. And that's because you cannot have everything in memory right now. You cannot be thinking about different areas. Let's say here's criminal law, here's civil law. They're different. You cannot think about both at the same time. And it's better not to confuse an expert. So we put that expert to sleep. We'll wake up that expert when the time comes. And that's how generic or general, uh, as I think it's called GAI, general artificial intelligence, is being built right now. But it's fun to talk. We're not there yet. Don't expect that to work. No, you, you can see it, especially in, in the construction world, right? I've seen now uh, some general... Uh, robotic stuff that's taking place where we've got a Brooklyn robot or we've got a painting robot or a tile laying robot, but they're not, uh, they're, they're literally one task driven. The setup of that component is uh, very arduous. Uh, the parameters are very, very small. Um, the, it gives it a very narrow window of performance uh, opportunities. Yeah. And, but you can see that those are the building blocks of, you know, or what, what, what I, always, I always use around here is the, this is the bag phone. Remember we had bag phones, right? You carried, carried that big giant battery around. And I remember. It. And, and, and like a few first people were, had them in their cars. That was amazing. Yeah, right, right. And then, but then all of a sudden we had, had them in our cars. And then remember the brick phone. And, you know, today my phone carries more information on it than, than the first uh, you know, the first rockets to the moon do, did, in fact, uh, much, much more. Where we're heading with uh, the technologies that are taking place today uh, really blow me away. Uh, and you can see it. You can squint your eyes very, very quick, very small, and start to really see the, 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 the uh, enormous progression that we've taken place, even in the last two to three years, right? That, that uh, BIM modeling has taken place in the construction world, um, you know, it was a very, very heavy platform uh, three years ago, four years ago. It was such a heavy platform. It would, it, it would take you thousands of dollars to, to BIM model uh, a room. And, yes, and now it's all yours, right? Sometimes even free. Oh, yeah. Now I can do it with a camera. Now I've, I take a Matterport camera. I can go and, and put together. I, I can walk through and click, 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 click. And I have a model pretty, pretty fast. What, what's taking place 
you know, in the in the systems that are growing behind it, uh, that those are all coming together pretty quickly. Yes, yes, and then that's a great observation because we're making that progress as humanity. We're not basing ourselves on each individual genius. Yes, there are individual geniuses, but the reason for this progress is because the humanity is now connected and it's moving forward faster and faster. Uh, measure your progress in every area and the acceleration is always there. It's, it's not that I know more today than yesterday. I know much more today than yesterday. That's right. That's right. No, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. Mark, I, I, I think that uh, as we start to really look at these little components of, of AI and machine learning, uh, what excites you the most? What, where do you see the future? And what's, what's, what's making you laugh and giggle inside about uh, where it's going? I tell you in the short term, but I will also tell you in the long term. In the short term, well, uh, you can find great application of those technologies that already exist. The canned, I would call them canned technologies, because that same birth model, you can download those 50 maybe hours of training and it's yours for free. You can get that model and build on top of it. So let's say in construction, as you mentioned, give it all these plan and then uh, it should estimate the cost. That will be a fun task or any other task that's doable today right now. You can do it. It's up for grabs. Many people are working on this. That's short term. That's what is called specific artificial intelligence. But more general, generic artificial intelligence. Uh, there is a new book by Ishiguro Kazuo. It's called, I think it's called uh, Clara and the Sun. Clara is a robot. She is waiting to be bought at the store. I personally cannot find this book enticing because to me, he is putting human personalities into the robots. But Everybody else, they are just fascinated by the wonderful book. It just came out. And uh, people are talking about what will be in the future. What will be when those robots talk to each other, when they betray each other, or they betray their human owners? And when she takes over the money of the owner and uh, does charity with that? Now, what do we do with that? So that's the future. And I keep wondering, well, my wife, is she a robot or no? In this case, in this case probably not, because I knew her from uh, the fifth grade in school. We were riding the same tram to school when we were 11. But in other cases, well, the computers can imitate everything. So how long before the computers will pretend that they're humans? There was the science fiction book where the law said you're not allowed to inquire whether that person was a human or a robot. That was against the law to say so. So the guy falls in love with the girl. She turns out to be a robot. He says, you've deceived me. She says, no, I thought you knew all along that I was a robot. So that's what I'm interested in the future. Every day I'm thinking, when will the time come when the robots will really deceive humans? Well, and I can I can see very quickly, you know, as we augment ourselves, you know, looking at the Neuralink that uh, is coming out right now, and that's the work they're doing on that. And look, you know, as, as soon as you know, I, I've often said, if 
you know, if, if I said to you, here, here, Mark, uh, here's a, a quarter size uh, computer chip that I could put in your body. And for, let's just say for $300,000, Mark, we're going to put this quarter in your body and you'll never get sick. And by the way, Mark, you don't have to pay me for all today. Mark, you, you can pay me for it over the period of your life. But as, as, as you have this thing in your body, uh, you just make me payments on it for, for the next uh, 65, 70 years of your life. And, and you'll never ever, Mark, you'll never get sick. You'll, you'll never get a cold. You'll never get a brain disease. You'll never get, uh, you'll, be, you'll be a healthy man at any given time. And you'd go, well, Anthony, that seems like a, like, look, to live a long, healthy life. Uh, that seemed like a great, a, a great thing to have. And I go, well, well Mark, if, if I could tell you for $500,000, Mark, I will give you health and I'll give you languages. You get $200,000 more. And, and as we look at the opportunity for us uh, with AI and, and, and add these add-ons to our, our being, you know, there's so many, there's so many neat things that, uh, you know, it, it's very much like uh, as we looked at, uh, you know, when, when, when cars came out, uh, you know, the, the guys that were sitting on a stagecoach could not, uh, you know, watching a car come by, that had to be a dramatic thing to see. But the first time that, you know, cars came out, we could not have predicted Uber, right? You, you, you could not predict that today I would hit my, this thing in my hand and a car would come to me. I think what's kind of fun today is to know that where we're going, you know, for sure we have fear, all those basic human is AI going to take over? Am I going to love AI? Am I going to be a, a relationship to it? But I think what's even more exciting is to know that the things that are going to come will, will, will come to us and we can't even see them where we stand today because standing here, you can't, we can't see those opportunities yet, but knowing that they will, they will, they will, uh, uh, continue to grow our grow our lives. They will. That's something that we can't even predict what we cannot predict. I agree. But I read some science fiction. Being Russian, I follow the latest Russian writers. One of them talks about that they do little implants into your gums that uh, help you speak languages. Now, that bothers me to no end. I spent a lot of time learning languages. I love languages. So does that all go away? I mean, if that's the, what the computer does now, why did they spend the time too late? So that's an open question. I don't know whether that knowledge is still valid, still useful. Did it affect my brain in some way or was it all wasted? We'll come back. We'll come Let's back. Come you, back. And I, you and I will continue our conversations. Mark, as, as always, I love uh, my conversations with you. You are a depth. Your, your, your communication carries depth and weight. Uh, you have a, a great knowledge base of all things uh, uh, in, in, this, in this platform. So I look forward to more and more and more conversations. Mark, if people want to get a hold of you, uh, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? If they just Google Mark Kersner, they will find me. I think that's the easiest way. Okay. They can always write to my personal email, which is Gmail. That would work. Well, Mark, as always, I am grateful for the time I get with you. I know you're a busy man, and uh, you're off to, to, to more, uh, uh, more stuff out there. So uh, thank you for the time. And uh, I look forward to us having I, – I, I'd love to get another one of the books here quickly. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you to uh, – uh, maybe you, we could get another podcast here in uh, this year. I'd, I'd like to get some more time with you. And uh, – uh, as always, I'm, I'm grateful, grateful, grateful for it. Yeah, I, I'll be waiting 
for that because, well, uh, you obviously give people something, but you leave them wanting for more. So, so you leave me wanting for more. We'll have that meeting sometime, and uh, then we'll talk again. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Monategi, always looking for people to bring insight into the industry, finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share with your friends.